This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Hope you all had a uh, great holiday together yesterday, doing whatever it is you, you do. Amen. I went and ate off my kids. I thought it was awesome. You know, they're all, they've been eating off of me for like ever, you know. And so I thought, well, you know, if I get an invite, that's I'm going. And so uh, now we had a great time together, and uh, it was a wonderful time. So we hope that you enjoyed uh, that day as well. Praise God. I want to welcome all of you that are watching online with us this morning. Delighted you can be with us. Praise God. Come join us sometime for a live service. I tell you, there's just nothing like it. And I know some of you geographically, that makes it a little bit difficult, but for others, perhaps not. So we hope that you'll join us uh, in one of our services. Praise God. Well, I don't know about you. How many have been eating plenty? How many are lying about it? Yeah, sure enough. Well, you know, this is tis the season, huh? Yeah, amen. So anyway, well, did you all bring a Bible with you this morning? Let's open our Bible. Some of you, of course, will probably have a device that you're using, and that's fine and dandy, but praise God, I just like to have something in my hands. I guess I've, uh, that's what I've learned all my life and knew all my life. And so uh, I want to share a, a message with you this morning that I believe, um, well, it's probably going to be a little bit challenging, but you wouldn't want me to just, you, didn't, you wouldn't want to come to church and just have some little social gospel about 10 minutes of I don't know what, reading the newspaper, and then we all go home. Right, that's right. Now, praise God, we want to get into the Word and let the Word get in us. And uh, so anyway, make sure that you silence your phones, all you, you texters and dingers and phone ringers and all of that, okay? Because once I get into this, uh, I don't want to be interrupted. Hallelujah. Yeah. So anyway, let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 1, the first chapter of the book of Luke. And um, I think that uh, what I have to share with you can be a real... Uh, Oh, um, defining moment, I guess you could say, uh, for you in your lives as we look forward to the, our future in this new year. How many of you are ready to, to look at things uh, of last year in the rearview mirror and start looking at something else, huh? And so I think that today uh, what I share with you could be uh, something just like that. So let's pray together, and then we'll get into what I want to share with you uh, today. Father, we love you so much, and I want to thank you, Father, for your word I thank you for that which you've promised, and not only that, but that which you have fulfilled. As we unite our hearts in this house, Father, you said that when we gather in your name, you're in our midst. And so I want to thank you for having graced us here together with your presence. Speak to men and women's hearts here today, Lord. I thank you for opening up the eyes of their understanding so that their hearts may be enlightened to know what is the hope of your calling. I thank you, Lord God, for the enriching of our lives as a result of having been here today. And I thank you, Lord, that your living word will find its rightful place deposited within our hearts that will bring about uh, permanent (laughs) and defining change. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 1, a familiar portion of Scripture, especially around this time of the year, Um, speaking of Mary and beginning in verse 26, and in the sixth month, now this would have been uh, six months after uh, the angel had visited Elizabeth. So John the Baptist and Jesus were only basically, let's see, what would that be? Three months apart, six months apart, as far as their age. Anyway, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast or wondered in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest." 
And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest will overshadow you or thee, and therefore thou or therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and, is, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Well, there's no telling what that must have been like for this young girl to be interrupted in such a magnificent and yet troubling kind of way. And for this angelic host from heaven to come and to make this declaration. But the good news to this story is, is that this girl had sense enough to say yes. Everybody say yes. She said, be it unto me according to your word. In our recent services, midweek uh, pr uh, primarily, uh, we've been challenging you and asking you the question about, you know, how is it that we will magnify Christ in 2022? I've asked myself that's, that question, and thus the reason for my sharing that same question with you. What is it that I'm going to do differently? How is it that I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus in the way that I live, in what it is that I say, and what it is that I do? And we looked at David. Remember uh, David's actions uh, as a young king. He became king. And one of the things that he did in the story of David is, is that he brought back the presence of God into Jerusalem and into the midst of the people when you remember the story how that the presence of God was with, um, yeah, <laughs> it was with, what's that thing they, crawl, they hauled around? The ark, okay, <laughs> thanks. Anyway, they had this ark, but it wasn't in Jerusalem. It was in somebody else's house, uh, their enemies, or had taken it, and, uh, and David went to get it back. And so he brought the presence of God back into and amongst the people. The second thing that he did is, is that he, well, he didn't, he got to finance it. He didn't actually build uh, the temple uh, for God, but he sure enough uh, spent a lot of money towards it because of his uh, desire for God to be in a place. You know, he's sitting in his own palace and he said, here I am in this palace and God's in a tent. And all of a sudden he decided that he was going to make God a priority where his giving and where his money was concerned to make a place for him to live. And so we talked a little bit about some of those things, but you know, as we think about this new year that's in front of us, I want to talk to you about 2022 being the year of the Word. The year of the Word. Why is that important? Because God's Word will change your life. And if you allow God's Word to influence your life, I will guarantee you that whatever is a problem will have to leave. And so I just want to challenge you with this thought about letting 2022 be the year of God's Word in your life. Now, I know I'm, I'm standing here in front of a lot of people that have known Jesus for decades, and you know, you probably know quite a bit about the Word. But we know from the Scriptures that the entrance of His Word gives light. It illuminates our lives. And not only that, um, you know, unfortunately, if we're not careful, we can allow other things to crowd themselves into our lives. And then, and then God's Word doesn't necessarily have that prominent place that God wants it to have. So if you want this year to be a year of change, how many of you would like to have this year be a year of change? Well then, praise God, I want to suggest to you, if it's a, a year of change, a year of growth, a year of opportunity, then making the Word of God a priority in your life is the answer that I have for you. Because I've proved it out in my own life, I've seen it happen in my life, and in the lives of countless other people, that when they make the Word of God a priority, it changes everything. 
You know, um, I grew up in a mainline denominational church. Many of you know that. I uh, gave my heart to the Lord when I was 19 years old in 1975. And, um, you know, I, I, I went through all of the rigors you know, that the church said that I should, you know, participate in and things, but it never brought about any kind of transformational change in my life. It was just head knowledge. You know, anything that I, you know, did a lot of memorization and things of that nature and knew certain things, you know, that we were asked to to memorize and whatever, but it didn't do anything here. Had a lot up here, but nothing here. And so because of my lost condition, you know, the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, that there is none righteous, no, not anyone. And so that's why Jesus came so that we could have life and life more abundant. And he simply said that whoever will call on the name of the Lord, recognize him to be your savior, and also ask him to forgive you of your sins, come into your heart and be the Lord of your life. That's where change occurs. Well, I did that when I was 19. My wife had gotten saved just, I, I don't know, probably a few months prior to that. She wasn't my wife then. She was my girlfriend. But, you know, praise God, she recognized that she had a need in her life. And so she surrendered. Everybody say surrendered. She surrendered her heart to him. And I did the same following, you know, uh, uh, some months after that. And it changed our lives forever. You know, a lot of folk, they got, you know, they're all knotted up. They got all kinds of problems going on in their lives and, you know, they don't necessarily know where the answer is or how it is that they're supposed to fix whatever it is that's going on. But I can tell you this much about it. If you'll surrender your heart to him, he'll change everything and he will turn your life around. And so when I got saved and gave my heart to him, I got into the word. I mean, the thing that, that was so different or pronounced about this whole thing that had happened was, number one, I knew for the first time in my life that God was real, that Jesus was Lord. And so I began to study the Word of God because I wanted to know Him, and I wanted to understand His plan for my life, whatever that was. I mean, I was all in, you know? I mean, whatever it was that God had in mind or in store or whatever, then, then I was all in. But the way that you discover the will of God is the Word of God. The Bible is God speaking to you. And the reason that I bring this up to you is, is a lot of people, when, when it comes to the Bible, they approach it very, what I would call, casually. In other words, it's just, it's, it's not something that we're really, you know, looking to with some intentionality and with some real intent to, to say, now, wait a minute, what is it that he's saying here about me, about my life, about what can be done, about how my life is, it, the course that it's to take? Because see, the Bible is an instruction manual for life. And it'll teach you the way in which you should go. And not only that, Jesus said, I came so that you could have life and life more abundant. So in other words, you could experience an abundant, godly kind of life by following the scriptures and doing. Everybody say doing. You know, a lot of folk, I mean, they rejoice in the word, you know, praise God, and they read the Bible and all of that, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about causing the word of God to become a part of you in terms of how you live so that he can bring about a permanent change within your life. How many of you think that's a good idea? So what we don't want to do is we don't want to allow God's word to get away from us. Like I said, a lot of folk, they've been saved for quite a long time, but you know, well, you know, I know the Bible. I know what it says. Oh yeah, that story about Mary, I've read that before, you know, and all this and that and the other. But I'm telling you what, there's buried treasure in here, folks. There is the living word of God that can bring about incredible change in your life if you'll just take advantage of what it is that's in front of you. And so I got in the word and it began to transform me. It began to change me from the inside out. All of a sudden, I began to know things that I'd never known before. I realized that I couldn't live my life in a worldly kind of way and expect God's blessing to, you know, be in my life. In other words, I had to cut that out. I had to change. I had to turn. I had to go in another direction. I had to do something differently. You know, if, if all we do is read the Word of God, but we don't apply it, everybody say apply. 
you know, if we don't apply what it is that's being said, you know, you're not going to get any change. Are you with me? You know, it, it's kind of a, an exercise in insanity for us, you know, to uh, uh, realize what it is that we need to do, but we don't do anything different. You know, you're going to end up with the same result, and of course, all of you know that. But <clears throat> my ambition was to know, and, and here's an important point, child of God, that you, you need to understand about the living Word of God. You need to know God's Word as a reality understanding the reality of God's Word. You know, when I first got saved, people say, well, you know, you can't take the Bible literally. Well, why not? I mean, I mean, you know, because when you say you can't take the Word literally, what you do is you open yourself up to all kinds of different kinds of interpretation and all different kinds of really nonsense. And it's just, you know, in other words, the Word can't be impactful in your life if you don't realize, yes, I can take God's word literally. Are you listening to me? Because again, that's where the blessing of God comes into our lives. Because when you do so, you come to know its reality, understanding the reality of God's word. Uh, here, I'll give you an example. You know, there are a lot of Christians that are living with a lot of anxiety in their life. Now, the Bible says that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. But you have to know the reality of that fact that God has not given you the spirit of fear. So that when fear comes, you can say, that's not mine. That doesn't belong in my life. That's not a part of who I am. You know, when... when uh, Paul was writing to the church there in Philippi. He, he said, uh, be anxious for nothing. Uh, King, or I think the Amplified Bible says, never be anxious about anything. Be careful for nothing. Well, you know, a lot of folks would take that and say, well, you can't do that. I mean, come on, for crying out loud, we're living in a world. It's a messed up place. Well, I agree that it's messed up. But the fact of the matter is, is that God would never ask you to do something you were incapable of doing, or nor would he say something that could be yours and it not be true. Huh? So the fact of the matter is you can take Philippians, you know, in chapter 4 and, and verses 6 through 8, and you can apply it to your life to where you're not careful about everything and anything. Be careful for nothing, but in every... And, and here's the thing, you know, Jesus said, I've given you an example. He modeled Christianity. Amen? So when he, when he went about doing what it is that he did, you know, going about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him, that was the will of God in action. And not only that, but, but these disciples and people would see all kinds of things being thrown at Jesus, and he wouldn't just react, but he would respond in a biblical, godly kind of way to affect the situation that was going on in his life. Are you listening to me? Many times men were trying to literally kill him, trap him, ensnare him. And in all of those things, he just walked in the light of the word of God, said what God said, and thank God God delivered him until the day he chose to lay his life down. He said, nobody takes my life from me. I have the power to pick it up and I have the power to lay it down. And so Jesus, as an act of his will, out of obedience to his Father, gave his life as a ransom for you and I so that we could live. So when you, when you think about God's living word, dear friend, I want you to know that you can, in fact, take it literally, but we have to come to know the reality of God's word. Now, the Bible says that Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law being made a curse for you in Galatians 3 and 13. So the reality is you've been redeemed. Now, a lot of folk, they, they interpret the Bible in the light of their current circumstance, and they say, man, I don't feel very redeemed. I don't look very redeemed. My life certainly doesn't reflect being redeemed. But I'm telling you that when the Bible, and that's what I'm talking about when I talk about the reality of the word, it doesn't really matter what's necessarily being experienced in your life. It's what it is that he said. 
And when you begin to believe, blessed be God, I am redeemed from the curse so that the blessing of Abraham can come on my life. Are you listening to me? So that I can receive the promise of the spirit that God promised that he would give to us. So, but you have to know the reality of that. So when a lot of things start going on in, in uh, you know, people's lives, I, I, very often I'll say, well, thank God I'm redeemed from that. I'm redeemed from poverty. I'm redeemed from lack. Lack and poverty are not a blessing. They're a curse. Are you listening to me? You know, God didn't intend that you go through life without anything and not being able to pay your bills. There's nothing more humiliating in life than to go through life and not be able to care for your kids, take care of their needs, feed them this, that, or the other. It's a curse. And Christ has redeemed us from that curse. But you have to know the reality of what it is that he said. Are you with me? Thank God for the Holy Ghost, because he can bring the reality of God's word into your life. But you have to, you know, you have to let it influence you. There has to be some exposure that takes place in our lives on a daily, everybody say daily. This is where that challenge part is coming for y'all, hallelujah. But it's got to be daily, you know. The psalmist of old said, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so these are things that, you know, again, have to become a practice within our lives. You know, I'm telling you what, the knowledge of God's word is something that is so incredibly powerful. If you read in the scriptures in the book of Proverbs, you know, it talks about the knowledge of God being more precious than gold and silver. I mean, if you know him, you know his word, you know his will, I'm telling you, you are light years ahead of everybody else. It's what you know, the reality that you know of God's word that it's going to bring about change in your life. You know, there's one ethnic group that I've been reading after, you know, and just talking about the, the phenomenon of their wealth that they have within their lives. And one of the things, one of the principles that they practice is that knowledge is portable. You can take knowledge wherever you go. You know, in other words, you know, there are other things that you may have. Or, but see, when you got knowledge, nobody can take that from you. And wherever you go, you can go reproduce it again any place in the world. Are you listening to me? And of course, the group, the ethnic group I'm talking about is the Jews. You know, there's a book called uh, The Jewish Phenomenon. And it's got seven principles in it that they apply where their lives are concerned. Family is huge. But this thing that you have to understand, knowledge is portable. And they were always being, you know, kicked from pillar to post. And God only knows where they were going to end up because they were always being uh, persecuted. But they could take what they knew and they would, wherever it is that they ended up, they could reproduce it again. But a lot of people don't put much emphasis on what they know or learning or anything like that. But you ought to. You know, whether you realize it or not, when you got saved, you became a lifelong learner. At least I hope you did. You know, thank God, you know, I've come down the road a ways and I know a few things, but you know what? There's a whole lot more that I don't know. And it affords me the privilege when I make the word of God my delight and let the word of God be the thing that's priority in my life to bring about these changes. Hallelujah. Y'all glad you came? Now, let's listen again to what it is that Mary said, because this is an important principle for you if what I'm preaching to you is going to really do you any good. What is it that she said to the angel? She said, be it unto me according to your what? Word. Let it be unto me according to your word. Now, I know that the angel came as a messenger to communicate with this gal about God's plan for her life. But that principle of letting it be to you according to his word, not the world's word, not religion's word, but his word. Let it be unto me according to your word. I like that. 
Huh? So then I can discover what it is that God has promised, what it is that he has said, what it is that I can do, what it is he has done for me, and all of these different kinds of things. Hallelujah. And I can begin to appropriate those things within my life as a matter of what it is that I believe. Glory to God. Turn with me to the Acts of the Apostles in chapter 19, and let's look at this. I'll share this thought with you, and then we'll get into what it is that's being said here. She said, again, let it be unto me according to your word. So in talking about this year, 2022 being the year of the word, one thing um, in Mary's declaration that she made was, listen, it was that of a yielded submission. Everybody say yielded submission. Yeah, yielded submission to the will of God. So again, if you're going to grow, if this is going to be a, a new year, a year of the word, then there's going to have to be a yielded submission to what it is that he says. It's not enough just to read the Bible. You say, oh yeah, man, I read the Bible. Yeah, but do you do it? Huh? Like I said, a lot of people, they talk about the word, they rejoice in the word, but they don't do it. And they ain't, you know, ain't no fruit. Are you with me? And God wants you to bear fruit. And the only way that happens is when you submit yourself. See, I came out of a drug culture. I, I grew up in a family that they were all alcoholics. You drank like a bunch of fish. And we fought and made all kinds of problems for everybody and this and that and the other. And then I got saved. Well, now all of a sudden, guess what? We got to shift gears. Why? Because that's not the will of God. All that was doing was killing, stealing, destroying our lives. My dad died when he was 59 years old of cirrhosis of the liver. You know, he didn't live out the full length of his days. He died prematurely. My wife and I, she wasn't at the time. She was my main squeeze, my only squeeze. Hallelujah. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, I don't know how come I got off on that. But anyway, um, we went in and led him to the Lord. Two days later, he died. Never left the hospital. Talk about the grace of God. Amazing grace. But the thing about it is, is his whole entire life was a mess because of alcohol. And he messed up the ki his kids, my three brothers and me. I mean, you know, just, yeah, he was a good teacher, all right. He just taught us the wrong thing. Huh? And, and here's the thing, before you get all knotted up about, you know, the way people live. You know, there are people today that are living in drug cultures and doing whatever it is. You got to understand, they don't know any different. A lot of them, you, and you can argue the point, well, sure they do. Well, uh, unless you've been there, buddy, you don't have a clue. Are you listening to me? And that's why Jesus gave birth to the church so that we could be salt and light and love the world that is around us and help those who want to be helped. I understand a lot of folk don't want to be helped. Well, then, you know, that's on them. But, you know, that's all I knew. So that's the way I lived. And I'll be honest with you, I had no room in my life for religious people because they all looked down their nose at me. You know, uh, before I got saved, I was chasing her. Imagine that. I went to this church service because that's where she was going to be. I'm a smart enough guy, you know, go where she's at, okay? But when I walked in that door, I had the hair down in the middle of my back. I guarantee you, everybody in that place was going, what are you doing here? I was even kind of asking myself that. <laughs> Are you listening to me? But thank God there was one couple in that church who came and, and, and reached out to me in a genuine kind of love and literally welcomed me for being there. They didn't judge me. They didn't know what my story was. They didn't know my motives. They didn't know anything about it. They just loved me for who I was. And they were a tremendous influence in my life as I kind of walked down this road in this journey of finding my life in Christ Jesus. See, you can be the catalyst to bring about a lot of change in people's lives. But if you get religious and you say, well, you know, praise God, I've kind of arrived here and I don't know why everybody else doesn't get it figured out. Maybe you need another dip. And I'm not talking about, you know, red man or whatever it is that people stiff, stick in their mouth. Huh? It's easy to do. You know, we can, we can get in our little enculturated worlds, you know, and this is where we live, and, you know, don't mess it up because I kind of like it the way it is. Well, enough about that. Hallelujah. 
anyway, if this is going to work for us, there's got to be a yielded submission to him. I'm not your judge. Are you with me? You know, I mean, there's a lot of times stuff goes on in people's lives. I tell my wife all the time, not my circus, not my monkeys. Huh? Why? Because, because if you don't, man, you go nuts. People got issues. I don't know if you knew, knew that or not, you know, but they got stuff going on. And some of it ain't real pretty. But I'm telling you what, if they will turn to him and yield themselves in a submission to him, he can change your world. I can't do it. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to communicate what it is I can, what it is that I know, however it is that I can encourage you. But at the end of the day, whether you make the word of God a priority in 2022, that's going to be your deal. And you're going to have to figure out, okay, now how am I going to do that? What am I going to do? What, what's going to change? Pastor Glenn is encouraging you to read, you know, one chapter a day. Is that what it is? Through the, and, and you'll read the New Testament in a year. Well, we ought to be able to handle that, huh? And manage that. So, so anyway, there has to be a yield of submission. Notice what the Word of God did in the book of Acts here. People, Paul and others, you know, went out and preached the word, the gospel, the good news. And that is that Jesus came to deliver you, glory to God, and set the captive free. And that God has a plan for your life, and it's a good one, hallelujah. And that God is a good God, and he's redeemed you, glory to God, from the penalties of sin. I mean, what, what a message. It's good. All right? So notice with me, if you would, in chapter 19. It Notice here in verse 18, it says, And many that believed came. So in other words, they heard the message, and when they did, they came and confessed and showed their deeds, whatever it was, you know, that they had going on in their life, whatever dirt, if you want to call it that. Notice verse 19, many of them also, which used curious arts. In other words, they practiced sorcery, you know, and, and different things, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. Now notice the next word or verse it says, and so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. So what's going on here? It's talking about these people are hearing the gospel being preached. And they're accepting or receiving or they're coming under its influence in their life. And they're saying, I want Jesus. I want his life. I want what God has planned for me, not this. Are you with me? And so they came and they confessed their sins and they ridded themselves, if you want to call it that, through repentance of whatever it was that was once controlling their life. Not only that, many of them, as I said, you know, the Bible says, at least where they were here, you know, in Ephesus, were into all kinds of sorcery. We've had people that come in and get saved. They get turned on to the Word of God. They may come out of a New Age background. They may come out of an occultic background. You know, and the, and the funny thing about it is, until they realize, dude, I got to get rid of this and get it out of my life, they want to mix Christianity and that junk together. And it doesn't work. Are you listening to me? So you got to, you know, it's through the washing of the water of the word. You got to say, no, 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 uh -uh, no, that is not right. Because, you know, it's goofed up. Not only that, most of it is driven by demonic spirits, evil spirits that control people. Are you with me? Well, Jesus came to set you free. So you got to make a decision to get it out of your life. Well, that's what they did. They brought all their stuff together. They burned it. Now, I don't know what 50,000 pieces of silver was, but it was a big pile of money. It went up in smoke. Hallelujah. We did the same thing. When we got saved, we brought all of our, <laughs> this kind of dates you, eight-track tapes, you know, and all of our vinyl, and we had a bonfire because we was listening to junk. We was listening to the, the stuff of the world that was destroying our lives. And you know, all of it has a message that's communicating these things. And, and whether you realize it or not, you put yourself under the influence of it and it'll control your life. So we had a burn party of our own. 
Are you listening to me? Now, some people, they say, well, you know, you're just, you know, aren't you getting a little bit, you know, uh, overdone here? Well, you decide. My life was a stinking mess, you guys, until I met Jesus. And I told myself, I'm going to follow him and I'm going to do what he asked me to do. And I don't care who likes it or who doesn't. And that'll be a good place for you to start too. You need to get delivered from what people think. Are you with me? I mean, people left me like a bad habit. Are you listening to me? When I gave my life to Jesus, they said, well, Calcif got religion. No, I didn't get religion. I got a relationship with the king. And I wasn't willing to give it up for them. Are you with me? And oh, what a life he has given my wife and I and our children and the people that we've had the privilege to serve in pastoral ministry. I'm telling you what, the word of God will set you free. But it's got to be a priority in your life. Are you with me? Now, you know, I'm sure you can coast along. You can have kind of a casual approach to it all. And yeah, you'll probably just by the grace of God, you know, live out your life and do whatever it is you do. But you know, it could be so much better. You could be influencing the lives of other people. You could be making a difference in those that are around you. So this scripture says here in verse 19 or 20, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. Another translation says, so the Lord's message went on growing wonderfully in influence and power. Hallelujah. Another translation says, in a way of just such power as this, the Lord's message kept on spreading and increasing. And then the basic English Bible says, so the word of the Lord was increased very greatly and was full of power. Hallelujah. You know, when Paul was talking about preaching the gospel, he said, I didn't come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom so that your faith would rest in the wisdom of men, but I came in the power of God. You know, there's a lot of religious kinds of things going on in the world, but what you need to realize is is that it is form without power to change. Mm -hmm. Did you hear me? They go through all kinds of ritualistic kinds of things, but the people, when they leave, they ain't any different than when they came. But I'm telling you, when you surrender your heart, you come under the influence of his word and you say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Be it unto me according to your word, then I will guarantee you your life is going to change. But he's going to ask you to get rid of stuff in your life. We live in a world now that is sex crazed. People don't even know who they are. Their whole entire identity is is bound within their sexuality. Well, listen, there's a whole lot more to life than that. And yet that's exactly where they're at. There are people, you know, that are living in immoral situations. I didn't make the rules. You know, but the thing about it is, is when you choose, listen to me, when you choose... To live in an immoral circumstance, there is no blessing in that. Oh yeah, you can get by, you can do whatever you do. A lot of people live together because it's economically feasible for them. What a stupid reason to be with someone. Because what they don't realize is that it's destroying their life. Are you listening to me? You come under, not his influence, but under the curse. And then they can't figure out why, you know, life is this, that, or the other. Dude, you got to get it straight. But here's the thing. you got to understand that you are swimming in a cesspool of immorality culturally. And you just have to say, no, that's not the way that I'm going to live. This is not the what. No, I'm not doing that. Huh? And you'll be ostracized. Oh. You pretty little thing, you. You're so this, you're so that, you're whatever. No, I'm just a child of God and I love Jesus and I'm going to follow him. And I'm going to come underneath his blessing. And I'm going to let him be the one that's in control of my life, not the world that's around me. Not popular culture. Not whatever, whatever, whatever. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. So the, the, to the extent that believers allow God's word to influence their lives, when you do that, it will grow and it will prevail. Woo! Hallelujah. 
I mean, I, you know, <clears throat> I could talk to you all day long about the grace that was on our lives when we made decisions that favored his righteous cause. Come on, man. When you start obeying God and you start getting rid of stuff in your life, man, I guarantee you the bless will come on you. I mean, it'll, you know, he said, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. In other words, it'll dog your tracks. It'll hunt you down. What will? Goodness and mercy, not the other stuff. Are you with me? Well, how's that happen? Well, when we make the decision, praise God, that we're going to get in the Word and let the Word get in us. Look with me in John's Gospel, chapter 15. Boy, you guys are good listeners. John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Maybe I'd do that sometime. Maybe I ought to sing my message. <laughs> my wife is sitting there going, oh no, don't ever do that. Okay, I won't. Jesus in chapter 15, you know, you say, how do you know it was Jesus? Because it's in red letters, man. Okay. John chapter 15. He said in verse 1, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. But every branch that bears fruit, he purges or prunes it, that it will bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through what? Through what? You're clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Well, what does that mean? That the word of God is a cleansing agent. The Bible talks about the washing of the water of the word. Now, again, it's not going to do you any good unless you're going to bring yourself under its influence, right? But when it says, you know, you know uh, you're a child of light, so put away lying, that just says, stop it. You know, there ain't no more lying. We're going to tell the truth. Huh? It's pretty simple. You know, a lot of folks, they got, they got problems in their lives because they're living a lie. Oops. Ow. 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 But that's right. They're living a lie. Oh, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. Yeah, but dude, you got all this dirt in your life. So what about all that? We're just going to excuse that? You say, well, you're making it hard on me. No, 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 no. God never made anything hard on anyone. But if you don't come underneath the influence of his word so that he can heal you and make you whole and change your life, then you're just going to go on doing what it is you do, living a lie. God doesn't want you to live. You know, you just got to say, no more of this. I'm not, I'm not allowing this in my life. Are you with me? This is, this is going to leave. You say, well, how's it going to leave? I'm going to get into the Word of God and let the Word of God get on the inside of me because now you're clean through the Word that I've spoken unto you and the entrance of His Word gives light. Are you with me? Y'all glad you came still? I don't want this to be a message of condemnation to you because it's not. The truth will set you free. Huh? And if we'll ask Him for help, He'll do just that. Now, in this uh, uh, 15th chapter, let's drop down to verse 7. Jesus, again, is speaking. Now, listen to what he said. Listen, listen to what he says. Listen. Okay? He said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will, and it will be done unto you. That's an incredible thought. He said, if you will abide in me and allow my words to abide in you, then you'll ask what you will and it will be done unto you. A lot of people can't figure out why their prayers aren't being answered. Well, they don't have any confidence. They don't have any faith. They got this other stuff going on in their lives, dude. And as soon as you do that, it torpedoes any confidence that you can have toward God. But if you get the stuff out, then you're on good ground. Does that make sense to you? You know, and the reality is, is that you and I, the word lives, listen, the word lives in you to the extent you practice it. If you abide in me, my words abide in you, abide, live in you. And you say, how do I know if it's living in me? When you're practicing it. You know, in other words, when somebody comes against you, you know, somebody, you know, makes some kind of a derogatory statement to you. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're faced with a decision whether you're going to uh, reciprocate the same or if you're going to do it Jesus' way and just not. 
you know? What would love do in the situation? Now, you know, there's a lot, we don't have time to get into that today, but love, you know, when you say, well, I just love people. Dude, there's so many different weird kind of goofed up definitions of love, you know? It's like, you know, uh, the Bible book of Proverbs says, if you spare the rod, you spoil the child, you know? So a lot of times, you know, when we have to provide correction for our kids, you know, (laughs) really, I mean, you know, it sounds strange, but while it's all going on, the parent will go, you know, I'm doing this because I love you, and the guy that's receiving it is going, yeah, right, I sure feel your love. But, you know, the reality is, is that if you really do love somebody, you're going to tell them the truth. You're going to correct what's going on in their life. You're going to say, no, we are not doing this. We're not having this. This is not the way that we live. And so there's, there's a consequence to your disobedience. That's love. A lot of folk don't think that. A lot of folk think, you know, love means you can do whatever you want. You know, oh, I love my kids. Yeah, right. You do not. You love yourself. Ouch. Ain't taking it back. It's going to take a while for that one to roll off. Turn to Colossians chapter 3, if you would, please. The pain will be over soon. You know, like I said, you guys, dude, I can, I can just tell you whatever it is you want to hear, and, you know, some feel-good kind of thing, or I can challenge your life for something better. You know, a lot of you are carrying the weight of, of, of your immediate family. Um, there are, um, um, how do I want to say this? Uh, not dis- well, it's probably disagreement, but, but you, you're not seeing eye to eye. <laughs> Maybe that's a good way to put it. You know, and whether you realize it or not, you know, that, that can weigh on you. Because we don't want that to be the case. Isn't that right? Huh? I mean, who gets a charge out of going, yeah, man, we're going to have a fight and I can't wait. Well, maybe somebody, maybe some do, but they, they need to get, yeah, another dip. You know what I'm saying? But <clears throat> God never created you to be the one that is bearing that kind of burden in your life. You with me? You say, well, yeah, but I just can't walk away. I'm not suggesting you walk away from them. I'm not suggesting. In other words, what I'm saying to you is don't let their problem become yours. Okay? Well, you say, that's kind of hard, isn't it? You know, I mean, you know, what's, what's that all about? I mean, don't you really care? Yeah, I really do care. But the reality is in today's world, everybody is always trying to find somebody else to blame for what's going on in their life. And I just refuse. Okay? I'm not going to take your stuff because of whatever it is you've got going on in your life and, and, and allow it to, to, uh, for me to carry it around. I'm not going to do that. You know, we are a free moral agent. You have been given the right of choice by your Creator, your Heavenly Father, to choose how you're going to live. It isn't about fate. But, but the thing is, is so often people will abdicate responsibility and throw it on somebody else. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. You know, my wife this morning, she did that to me. Huh? Yeah, I am. She says, you're not going to go there, are you? You know, I, I just, yeah. You know, it's, it's what I do. <laughs> it's a funny story, okay? I didn't get up as early as she did. So when I come rolling out of the, you know, uh, bedroom, uh, first thing on, you know, the agenda is a cup of coffee. Well, so she had been up for quite a while and, you know, it was like the tornado doing all kinds of stuff and everything, you know, and whatever. But she decided she was going to sit down and have a little cup with me before uh, she got ready. Well, she sat down, had a little cup, says, I got to go. So she went. Well, on the way to church, um, she had some things that she hadn't gotten finished up, and she said, it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, she said, it's your fault. I shouldn't have had coffee with you. Right. Sounds like Adam, man. <laughs> it's like the woman you gave me. She, she's the one, you know, the woman, the woman that you gave me, you know. So we laughed about that, and that was the end of that. But in, but in the real world, 
A lot of folk do that. Listen, your life is your own. You can't blame your parents. You know, a lot of you young kids that are in the service today, dude, you know, they'll, they'll say, well, it's your fault, you know, this and that and the other, you didn't do this. Shut up. Start taking responsibility for your own life and your own actions and start to build and develop some character in your life as a human being and start taking responsibility for what's going on. Thank you, Jesus. Parents, you guys can pay me a little later, you know, for all that, you know, but... But it's true. I mean, I'm just telling you, you know, at some point you're going to have to grow up. Nobody was worse about that than me. I was a spoiled brat. And when I think about my life before Jesus, I am so ashamed. I want to stick my head in, 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 in a sack because of the way that I behaved. But when I got saved, all of a sudden all that changed. Because I had to start taking responsibility for my life. And everybody say that was a good thing. It's a good thing. Because God has a plan for you. He said, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans to prosper you, not to harm you. To give you hope and to give you a future. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. That's God's will and plan for your life. But you, dear friend... Just like me and all the rest of us, you know, you got, you, got to get, you got to change what it is that you're doing. Stop blaming everybody. The world, and again, this is something that is so imbued and prevalent within culture today. You know, where people are, they're going to blame somebody because, dear God, it couldn't possibly be my fault. You know? And then all of a sudden, you know, well, I don't even want to get into that because I'd probably get in trouble. But, yeah, no. Nah, uh-uh. I just heard something here recently, and I thought, wow, look at that. Where did I tell you to turn to? Colossians chapter 3? Okay, good. Let's do that. Dodged a bullet there. <clears throat> Notice it says here, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, what's that first word? Let. Say it again. Let. Say it one more time. Let. Let. Allow the word of Christ to dwell in you. How? Richly. How? Richly. richly. Let. Allow the word of Christ to dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching, admonishing one another, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Here's one simple principle that you can apply in your lives that I think will be a great blessing to you. One simple principle or practice, and that is never let a day go by without your exposure to the word. Amen. Never let a day go by without your exposure to the word. You know? And if you'll do that, it will begin to impact your life in a positive kind of way. Okay? In other words, you know, if you've got, you got something going on in your life, you know, uh, physically or whatever, you go to the physician, you know, and you may go see an internist or whoever it is that you go see, and they do your blood pressure, and they check this and that and the other, you know, and say, well, we're going to have to do a few more tests here, and they do some tests, and they come down to it, and they say, well, here's the situation, but this is you know, uh, something that can be dealt with. This is what I want you to do. And they, they write out a prescription. They give it to you and say, you take this and, and uh, uh, you know, do what it says on the prescription. You'll be fine. We'll get this taken care of. Okay? In other words, doctor's orders. You know, and it'll say, take by mouth once a day, twice a day, three times, whatever the, whatever the prescription is. Well, God's word is medicine, man. And if you'll expose yourself to it on a daily basis, it will have its effect in your life in a positive kind of way. You know, here just recently, I'd been praying about something, you know, wanting God's wisdom, and I and, uh, had a couple different decisions that I needed to make. And, and, you know, at the time, I didn't really have the answer that I, was, that I was looking for or needed or whatever the case might be. I'm reading the Bible, Minding my own business, reading the Bible, and I come across one verse of Scripture, and all of a sudden, it was quickened to me about the situation. I knew exactly what I needed to do. 
or not do or, you know, whatever. That's what God's Word will do for you. Because why? Because it's alive. It's a living thing. Praise God, and it'll bless your life in a positive kind of way, and I'm running out of time. Imagine that. Let's look at one more verse of Scripture, and then we'll close. How about that? Proverbs chapter 4, if you'll go over to the book of Proverbs. <clears throat> Hallelujah. How many of you want to let the Word of God be a priority in your life this new year? Huh? Come on. Praise God. It'll bring about a great blessing in your life. Amen. Doctor's orders. Take your medicine daily, okay? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. It says, my son, what's that next word? Say it again. Attend, attend unto my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Now, that's an interesting word, to incline. You know, in other words, again, come underneath its influence. Well, I don't want to hear that. (laughs) Yes, you do. You just don't know it. Yarnery thing. Yeah. Why? No, let's go on reading. Incline your ear unto my saying. Notice what it goes on to say. It says, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart because they are life. Everybody say life. Life. They are life to those that find them and they are health to all their flesh. And then another verse, the following verse says, King James used the word keep. But maybe a better word would be guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. Guard your heart. Well, one of the ways that you can guard is if you have his word in your heart. Are you with me? One translation says that, you know, um, the New Living Translation says, guard or keep your heart with all diligence, for it affects Everything you do, it affects everything that you do. Hallelujah. And whether you realize it or not, all of us are being influenced. You know, I mean, every day, you turn on the news, it's, it's, it's making its attempt, at least, to influence you. You go to work, and somebody, you know, gets on their soapbox and they start talking. It's attempting to what? Influence you. You know, so you have to have something that you can combat it with. You got to have something on the inside of you to be able to judge what it is that's being saying, being said. And you can say, well, no, that ain't true. I don't believe that. You know, because, you know, I don't know if you realize this or not, but we kind of live in a negative world. Have you noticed that? You know, there's not a lot of happy folk there. But just because they're not happy doesn't mean you have to be unhappy. Huh? Well, again, God's Word in your life uh, uh, makes that uh, possible. So uh, let me, I'm trying to close, but um, if you really want to see real transformation in your life, and I assume that all of you do, okay, then begin to put His Word first. Get hungry for His Word, And, and particularly the New Testament, and especially the epistles. These are all letters that were written for the church within the dispensation that you and I are living in and, and, and read and, and, and feed on these things because it'll change your life. I'll give you a, a real quick example that'll help you. You know, um, if, uh, for example, um, let's just say, how many of you would like to uh, make financial advancement in your life? Okay. I have the answer. Save your money. Save your money. I think amongst, uh, uh, this is years ago, there was a a report that came out that I think amongst uh, the Asian Japanese people, they were saving 52% of what it is that they made. We don't do that in this country. We spend 90, well, actually about 123% of what we make. So it's a simple thing. You know, if you want to increase financially, save your money, okay? If you want to increase financially, get out of debt, you know? Some people, you know, they got these credit cards rolling. I don't know how they do it because it's like ding, 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 at 23, 26, whatever the number is. It's bad, you guys. 
You say, well, how does that happen? I'll tell you exactly how it happens. We got these smartphones now. You just click them a couple times and hold it up to something. And it goes, pa-ping, you're good. And you go, pa-ping, you're good. And then, and then they give you these credit cards to say, just tap it, baby. Pop. There it is. You don't even have to put it in the thing. Well, nobody thinks much about it until uh, you get this little thing in the mail. It's called a bill. Come on. Shazam! How did this happen? Cha-ching. Cha-ching. Almost sounds like Christmas. Cha-ching. Well, so, so <laughs> you say, well, Pastor, how'd you get off on that? I'm just using an example. Amen? You know? It's, 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 it's real simple. We can make changes in our lives if we'll just choose to. Amen? And I need to stop. So, praise God. Why don't you stand with me, if you would, please? Let me just reiterate it one more time. I want to encourage you guys this year to place yourself under the influence of his word. This is not a message of condemnation. This is a thing where, okay, we're going to examine our life. We're going to turn on the light of God's word, and we're going to start looking at things. What am I doing here? You know, how am I, you know what's going on here? And, and begin to, you know, really realize what it is that needs to be done, how it is that it can be changed. You know, God wants you to live in peace. He wants you to be content. Some people chase money, you know? They're chasing money, man, hard. And they're driven by it. And there's no peace in their life. And they'll compromise. They'll do all kinds of things, you know, that <clears throat> really they know they shouldn't be doing, but they'll do it anyway. Why? Because of money. Money's a hard taskmaster. Lots of people haven't learned that God wants to make money a servant to you instead of the other way around. Are you with me? But that's a whole other subject that we don't have time to go with. Bow your heads with me and let's pray. Father, today <clears throat> we've talked a lot about a lot of things. But God, I'm so grateful for those that are here within the sound of my voice, those that are watching online, that God, we have choices that we can make and that life can be so much different, that our lives can be enriched so much by you and by the Spirit of God. So Father God, my prayer here today is that men and women will make decisions and choices together, even as husbands and wives, and say, honey, what is it that we can do differently here? What is it that we're going to change where our lives are concerned? What is the priorities going to be? And I just thank you, Father God, that as they make the decision to come under the influence of your word on a regular basis, that, Father God, you'll show them things, you'll reveal to them what they need to know, that grace and blessing will rest upon their lives, and that, Father God, their lives will get up on top of the water and plane out and begin to, to go in the direction as you intended it to go. I thank you for that, Father. While our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, Lord, I pray for those that may be here or online that have never asked Christ to come into their heart and be the Lord of their life. That's the point of beginning. And I pray, Father, that you by your Spirit will draw them to you, that you can minister to them to say, for them to be able to say, I've never done that. I've never made a decision, a choice to become a follower of Christ. And while your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, no one's looking around. If you're here today and you never made a decision to receive Jesus, I'm telling you, friend, um, I, I can tell you firsthand that's where life begins. So if you're here, while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, you say, Pastor, I've never, I've never done that. I've never made a decision like that, but I want to. Can I see your uplifted hand wherever you might be? I just want to pray with you. You know, we as a congregation will pray and believe God with you. If there's anyone here this morning that you've never done that, Thank you, you two young men, thank you. And ma'am, thank you. Who else? Is there another one? You've never asked Christ to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life. Once you've raised your hand, you can put it back down. Thank you. Anybody else? Maybe it's some of you that are online, you're not with us here, but maybe you fall into the same category as these that have raised their hand here. And you can pray this prayer with us and if you'll just let it come out of your heart and if you'll mean it, God will come and meet you right where you are. 
and it'll change your life forever from the inside out. So congregation, I want us to pray together. And those of you that raised your hand, what I want you to do is I want you to pray this prayer loud enough for you to be able to hear yourself say it. And then also I want you to let it come out of your heart and talk to God uh, right now and let him do something supernatural in your life. Congregation, let's pray together. Would you say this with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I choose to make you my Lord and Savior today. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you know, if you meant that, there's something that has happened where your life is concerned. And there's some other things that we'll share with you as we go down the road of life here a little bit. But you can go ahead and be seated. I'll mention these things to you now. Um, the ushers, if you'd like, you can uh, prepare yourself to receive the offering today. But for those of you that raised your hand, I know you have a choice when we get done. We're going to dismiss here in a moment. And I know you have a choice. You, you know, you can be just like everybody and hit the door. Or you could come and meet with me and some of the folks that we have here in the church and we could put some things into your hands that would help you get started on this decision, this important decision that you've made today. And so I hope that when we dismiss, we won't keep you very long. We just want to give you something, you know, as a gift to help you get started. It's your decision, but I'm telling you, it'll bless you and it'll help you. And not only that, we want to congratulate you on the decision that you've made. So we hope that you'll just do that. It'll be very brief, as I said, and, and uh, it'll be a blessing to you. Praise God. So we're going to receive our morning offering here.